Rocky, The Wrestler, The Blind Side, Hoop Dreams, Fast Girls, canonical cinematic works with enormous cultural capital and far-reaching societal effects. I could go on, but that would be madness when there are four people on this Zoom call, a far better place than me to discuss the latter of these. Reagan Hall's 2012 masterpiece. Of course, I am talking about <laughs> Fast Girls. So it's introduction time. This is the Backstreet Boys Athletics Podcast. I am Claire. I'm Jodie. I'm Bayo. And you two are perfectly placed to discuss this film because, as I'm sure you will name drop later, you went to the premiere of the thing. But even more excitingly, we've got two actual fast girls on the podcast today in the form of one incredibly established, formidable sprint queen and one up-and-coming star who enjoyed a meteoric ascent in 2019. Dina Ash-Smith and Amy Hunt, welcome to the pod. How are you both? Hi, I'm good, thank you. Hi. Thanks for having me. Thanks for having us, I should say. <laughs> yeah, thank you, yeah. Amy, we've not had you on the podcast before. When we last had Dina on, we asked her to assemble her dream four-by-one quartet. I'm going to put you on the spot and say that apart from Dina, who obviously would be on your quartet, who would make up the final two places in your fantasy? They don't have to be athlete, four-by-one squad. This is actually really hard. Only two, only two more. Um... Probably Shirley on Freeze because I was really lucky enough to race her earlier this year, which was an absolute dream come true. And then I don't know, I think it's a toss up between either Addison Felix or Shawnee Miller. So I kind of like, yeah, I can't, I probably couldn't decide between those two. So you can have a reserve, (laughs) yeah, a reserve, whoever's running better on the day. We can just redo the inspiration games or whatever it was called, and and we just have a five by 100 instead. We can have a five Five by 100, (laughs) yes. Or a five by ninety or whatever it is that it ends up being once yeah. they've mismeasured all the distances. Yeah. <laughs> Quick question, Amy, Dina, have, have you two met each other? No, I don't think. No. So. <gasps> well, 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 well. Um, I did this um city games in like. 2017 as like an under 18 and I think you were racing there so I got a picture with you in the hotel oh bless you but like it's such a random like it's such a random way that we met um and yeah I can't find the picture because I've looked for it before but it's so funny because I was like you definitely won't remember it because it was one of the most random things and everyone was going up to you to get photographs yeah I was like a little I think I was like a little 15 year old or something 14 15 (laughs) just doing the like 150 as a school's oh, race. Oh, bless so. you. Yeah. That oh. is so... This must have been new, Newcastle, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, my God. Sorry. I remember... I actually remember that City <laughs> Games because I remember I was... That was, like, the most weirdest year for me and I remember just being like, I am so ready to go on holiday. I think I was going on holiday the next day. So if I... I'm so sorry that I didn't, like, remember. That's because I literally remember none of that City Game. <laughs> Um, but, um, yeah, oh, that's so, uh, that's crazy. But it's like, we always have, like, strange stuff like that in track and field, especially when everybody is so, like, accessible and everything. But look at the back straight, boys, bringing string queens together. Like, our job is done. <laughs> You're so good at this. <laughs> so, so, Dina, obviously, this is not the year that any of us were looking forward to. Um, you, at the end of last year, you ended it on the biggest high possible with a gold medal at the World Championships. And then... Mm. You didn't do indoors, did you? No. No. So you haven't raced at all this year. So you... <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> did, 
do you think before the end of the year you're going to get any races in? I know there's some Grand Prix like they've announced. I've not seen any um, real British people competing um, recently, but can we, will we see you run before the end of the year? Um, I'm not, I think that's a discussion that John and I are still having. And funnily enough, we were talking about it today. Ultimately, it actually just depends on what's best for the Olympics next year. Mm-hmm. And also how safe the events are that they propose. Because, like, if I'm being honest, like, the, the biggest, besides making sure that I'm in good shape, the, the next biggest risk is being sick, right? Yeah. And there's a big illness going around. So I'm not really desperate to compete, especially if it's not, from mine and John's perspective, a completely safe race because I'm not involved in getting a respiratory disease or a respiratory yeah. virus the year before the Olympics. Like, if you think <laughs> about it, it's not smart. So I'm not in a rush to compete. No, I'm leaning on this. I'm leaning on the side of no, but we will all have to just kind of wait and see um, as to what happens. Because ultimately, it's just when you kind of look look at it, how safe the meets are essentially. We've yeah. also seen from you in the past, Dina, that you don't seem to need too many races to run yourself into competitive shape. You're someone who comes out of the blocks season-wise really quickly. So oh. would there be a part of you that would be okay to just sit out the whole calendar year and try again in <laughs> <Thank> 21? <you. laughs> That's a compliment. But yeah, definitely. I'm, not, I'm really not... I'm, I don't think it phases me at all. I've had, this, I've had this discussion last week, I think. And ultimately for me, I just think it's an opportunity to actually take stock of what the last two years have been like for me because my life has changed so much in the past two years and um I was always kind of saying what we don't typically get in in the sprint character calendar and particularly the elite sprint calendar is time and time is a gift so I've just spent a lot of time working trying to get stronger and and kind of doing all the things that I normally wouldn't have time to do and wouldn't have time to check up on so we've really tried to be smart with our whole lockdown period so we've done that from the moment the Olympics was called off we were kind of strategically planning as if Tokyo 2021 was our ultimate goal so um, no thank you very much but I'm very fortunate that that I'm not one of those people that kind of wants to race all the time just for racing sake and um, that's definitely the mentality that we're taking obviously don't know if don't know if that's not definite no but um, ultimately it's just about putting myself and our health first. God, Amy, wouldn't it be nice if you knew what it was like to have your life change quickly and you could empathise with Dina? Oh, no, wait, hang on. So last year you went to a meet in Germany and you ran 22.42 as a teenager and broke a world record. The equivalent world record for under-18s is held by Usain Bolt. Can you even begin to explain what the week was like after that absurd run in which apparently you ran so fast your spikes almost caught fire? (laughs) <laughs> yeah see the bottom of my spikes has actually melted um which i realized when we were at the airport which is so weird and then a couple of the others um had melted also so we were like oh my god some we must have been on fire today um but yeah it was so weird literally as soon as i crossed the line it's it's so cringy and i really hate saying it but my life did literally change as soon as i crossed the line um so i'd never been drug test before it's my first drug test so obviously got plunged into that um social media was going crazy and my phone had a little meltdown it just I was like it's not turning on <laughs> um and then just we had to go back to the airport like straight afterwards um got my phone and because I was the last one competing I had to kind of like rush getting everything ready and then I was back in the UK like not that many hours later and I was going to school on the Monday <laughs> and I was like oh <laughs> it's like a massive <laughs> like shock back down to reality um but yeah honestly like the pictures from that day I just I can't even remember what happened after I crossed the line because my head was just kind of all over the place because I was really ex- what my mind was expecting to see was like a 22 9 
maybe if I was really, 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 really lucky, like a twen- a high 22-8. So seeing like seeing the number pop up on the scoreboard, I was just, it's really insane because I really didn't know how to react. I think we actually need to um, wish you a happy anniversary today, don't we? Oh, yeah. It was um, European Juniors a year ago today. Oh, happy anniversary. That's really sad. <laughs> That's really, it's nice to get to hold it for another year. Like, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it feels like it wasn't a whole year ago. Um, yeah, even that was crazy because that was two weeks after Mannheim. So obviously I was still kind of riding the wave, but trying to block everything out and focus on European juniors because everyone always wants to talk to me about Mannheim. And I was like, no, 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 I don't want to talk about that. I've got to concentrate on Euro juniors. Um, so then after that was done, that was like a big relief moment because obviously everyone had been hanging a gold medal around my neck before I'd even raced. And I was just like, no, let me get on with it. Um, and obviously all the cameras were on me, all on the big screen. And I hadn't been really used to that in such a big competition. So then, yeah, it was that massive relief of, oh my God, I got the job done. I actually did it. Um, so obviously you ran the 22.42 and then you did back it up by running, uh, by winning the, the European Juniors. When, as a, a, a junior, you're a young junior as well, you're only 16 at the time, right? <laughs> so when you run so fast and you have so much success, there's a lot of pressure that comes on you and expectations that you're going to run 22-4 every time you step on the track, etc. <laughs> so how have you dealt with that kind of pressure? What goals do you have? And Dina, can you give Amy any advice on how to deal with being a magnificent junior? Um, so the things that me and my coach have done is... Basically, heading into that Mannheim race, my aim wasn't really like a certain time. My my primary aim, as I talked to my coach Joe about, was just go out there and enjoy it because we were out there to do relays. So my my whole <laughs> focus, my whole kind of mindset going into that was, you know, just have fun, just have fun with it, enjoy it, relax, just go out there and see what you can do. Like there's no pressure. Um, so we're trying to kind of apply that to a lot more races now, as in, especially this year because. I'm kind of looking like I might potentially do a few races, but the the aim for them is just to enjoy it. We have no expectations of time whatsoever. Um, and it was the same with doing indoors earlier this year. So I chose to do 60 metres indoors. And obviously everyone everyone now thinks of me as a 200 metre runner. So it was like, oh, she can't really start. Like, oh, what's she going to do? Um, so yeah, it was nice to go into that race with no no pressure, no expectation, and then come out British champion, which I really didn't expect. So yeah, it it's... It's been good because I kind of have that knowledge now that if I go into it aiming to enjoy it, then it should, the pressure should work out a bit better. But I I like having the pressure, to be fair. I really think that having that pressure helps me sometimes. So, yeah. Yeah, I think it's a difficult balancing act. But having fun, Mm. I think, is so important for all athletes at all ages, but especially when you're young. Dina, you did a a Mm. seamless... um, uh, transition from junior. In fact, you were you you were world you were world championship medalist at seventeen, and then it yeah. was like a seamless um, transition to the seniors. What advice could you give Amy about how to do it? Because it does it doesn't happen for everybody. A lot of people have a big, yeah. big trouble with that transition. I was trying to think about it when she was talking, and I was like, because literally, it's like talking to your younger self. <laughs> I don't know what what I would say, what I would start. I I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> but um, that's what I basically think. It might have looked seamless, but um, behind the scenes, it it was not. <laughs> that's basically what I'm trying to say. But I would probably primarily say, and it's going to sound so crazy, but the key is smart decision making. Like that is it. That is literally it. Just be smart, and um, that goes for all aspects of life, whether that's on track, off track, and put yourself first. 
and um, put good people around you as well. Mm. Like those are definitely the most important things because like sometimes you can have, I mean, I'm observing because I'm very fortunate that I've got like my parents, John and all these people that have been with me since I'm like eight years old. And, but I've seen a lot of people that uh, maybe don't have that stable foundation and they might have people that are trying to not use them, but definitely be there. And it's not necessarily the best thing for the athlete. So firstly, I'd always say, put yourself first and you have to learn how to be selfish in a way, which sounds really bad. And that's something that I had to learn because naturally I'm quite (laughs) empathetic and I'm like, oh no, it's okay, I don't mind. But you really have to, in the nicest way, learn how to be selfish because a career is very short. And also, um, I'd say just roll with it. That's the biggest thing. And that's the big... I know I know it sounds crazy, but like, especially the Diamond League circuit, just roll with it. Yeah, you rock up to a race. I've got the weirdest Diamond League stories where um, like, I get to the line and the start on your marks get set go isn't in English. I didn't know it was set. And then the gun went and I was like, well, this is the race now. And like, <laughs> stuff like you got food poisoning, you got to run, uh, the call room time changes. And then you're in there, you get to the call room, it's like, oh yeah, by the way, it tracks now. And everybody's like, oh, okay. So, but the key thing is, and I think the whole transition thing is to, yeah, just roll with it and just take everything as it comes and try and make the best decisions you can along the way. And then that's all you can do really. And ignore the, the noise around you because in the nicest way, it's not personal. And I don't try and I'm not trying and I know that's a good thing and a bad thing. But um, in the nicest way, I always try and think like it's not actually about you. It's not like you as a person It's what you can do. So don't take it personally. Like sometimes it will be good. Sometimes it will be bad. But like it's never really an assassination on your character. But also when it's great um, in the nicest way, they, they build you up, but they still don't care. They don't care in the nicest way. Like it's entertainment. So I wouldn't take anything too seriously and don't take anything to heart, the good or the bad, and just roll with it. I've actually got a question um, from someone here, which I was going to put at the end, but we'll, we'll throw it in here because it makes mm. sense. Um, this, is, uh, this is from Lorraine024, um, so Lorraine O'Connell on, on Twitter. Was Dina shocked to see our British junior record go? I think we all felt that sub-23 was on the cards, but um, 22.4 for Amy, no one saw coming. To be fair, no. No, I wasn't. Because John already told me, like, from before you in the season, he was like, yeah, it's not really going to last. I was like, okay. Because, like, no, but that's me. Like, you've got to roll with it. I was like, okay. But, um, no, I mean, like, I personally, I'm the worst athletics person ever. So, as in, like, in terms of, like, what's going on. So, I didn't know Mannheim was that day. I don't... I follow athletes on Instagram, but they're all muted. Like, I don't really engage with track and field in my real life. So, I had no idea what was going on apart from my own Diamond League schedule. But when it went, I was like, oh, that's the girl that John told me about. Okay, cool. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I felt so bad at the time because, like, okay. everyone was tagging you with Twitter and I was like, she's got a race. Like, oh, my God. Oh, no. All her notifications are going to be, like, popping all over the place and, like... Oh, Oh, don't worry about oh that. Oh my god, it was no. so weird. I know that you ran the exact same time, so everyone was like, <laughs> going oh. off about that. So I was like, oh my god. Bless you. No, don't feel bad. Don't feel bad. In, if you feel bad in the nicest way, I don't open my notifications on race day, so you're good. And I wouldn't have seen it. But no, never feel yeah. bad about your own achievements either. Like, what's the point? Like, be happy. Don't don't feel bad. No. <laughs> well, I think it's kind of good that, that um, you know, we've got actually 200 metre runners here who've actually heard of each other, which is something we'll come to <laughs> later on. Because What I was just about to say, this is the absolute opposite. This like, little love fest that's going on, which is so lovely and so encouraging. It's so different to what we are going to turn to talk about. But just before we do, 
I know that that run actually of yours, Amy, that stellar bursting onto the scene run and on it, like you were just on every single back page the next day, was it a really early doors 200 metres for you? And you said that people are surprised when you ran 60 metres because they think of you as being a longer sprinter. But there is one longer sprint distance and I just look at you and your build and the way that you run and like, come on, there's got to be a 400 metres coming super soon, right? I mean... You look like a 400 metres. John and I have had that conversation uh, as well. You as Privately, well. but no, not for me. Everyone no one's about her, not me. <laughs> I'm fine for you, Dina. <laughs> Never. Let me just, as it's come up, Never. let me just get another question in because, Never. as you can imagine, no, well, no, Dina's no. Okay, well, we've, 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 we've got to ask the question. Paula Ivana says, for relays, can we ask how tempted, as 100, 200 metre runners, they are for, by helping the 4 by 400 metre squad? Um, they, we, they could both do super quick legs. We've, that third leg really needs a sprinter. Think Alison Felix. See, I think, I think that's different. Like, being a 4 by 4 runner is different to being an individual yeah. 4 athlete. Like, in the relay, you, you, like, you give it all because it's, I don't know... I don't know that because everyone always talks to me about 400 and I'm just like, no, <laughs> I was always like a hundred meter runner then went into 200 and I'm like, no, don't talk. It's just because I'm like tall and everyone's like, oh my gosh, she looks like Kathy. <laughs> um, <I don't> <laughs> that was going to be my next question. <laughs> <laughs> and then I didn't know what she looked like. So I had to research her and I was like, oh my God, I actually can't do a little bit. <laughs> so I can see why everyone says it. Um, I don't know. I just, I don't think I'd be ready to do that. Like the amount of pain that, Yep. You go through like in the race and training. Yep. Like I just don't think I could get through four hundred training. Um But that's what Kathy Cook yeah. that's what Kathy Cook used to say. And I'm gonna be really mean. I'm gonna say that one's not a I mean, I'm definitely team two hundred. Like I'm always team go with what you enjoy because you'll probably do better at it. But um also I have to say when you start getting to those low twenty twos and stuff, just do twenty one, you will be doing four hundred training because those girls can yeah. run forty eight <laughs> seconds, can't they? So you have to be able to do a fifty point by the time it's it's time to go. So unfortunately, <laughs> sorry, I'm sorry to break it to you. Four hundred training is is life, so you have to be able to do a fifty point when the, when it when it or at least be able to run it when it matters. Otherwise, they eat you up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah that definitely wasn't a no from amy so we know that if you girls have been to a fundraising dinner the night before a big meet and someone's got an upset stomach <laughs> oh and they can't run amy will step up Dina, if it came to it if push came to shove and you were at a meet with british athletics and everyone had got drunk the night before a british athletics fundraising dinner up the shard because apparently that's their own happens. business why are they drinking no, <laughs> honestly it does my head in but would, would you step up can you see any scenario Me? in which you'd run a 400 I, no i think uh, no i mean if some if it was like a worst case scenario and loads of people got hurt and stuff I ha obviously would because like it's just like I think it's because I spend like, maybe it's because I know those relay girls and stuff like if it was somebody where the not the staff but the athletes were like please like I beg that's a different question because it's like more like oh okay you know but um obviously like no no it's very painful it's very long um we've spoken about it before me and John and I don't know. I, I always say no. I, th I don't know what John's plans for the future are. But um, but if you're doing like a one, two and a four by one in the championship, four by four is a, is a lot. So there's that. Um, but um, no, I, I quite like doing the one, two and a four by one. <laughs> so I'm not in a rush. Gwen Torrance would do it. Katrin Crabber would do it. Flo yeah, Joe did it. Like, um, I mean, a Privalova. Yeah. <laughs> 
So all we're, all we're saying is, you just said that um, <laughs> in your training now, in order to do it, you've got to be able to drop a 50 Yeah, point. yeah. That's yeah. all we're asking. No, That's on all a we're asking, Dina. On a one-off run, not on the back of eight races <laughs> in a championship and then potentially two more at a distance that you don't do. And you can probably have one run, one one-off run at that 50 point, which would be the equivalent of your 100 heat. <laughs> all right listen, no. it's easy for us to say it's easy yeah. for us to say as we sat at home drinking gin isn't it so yeah we're, it's a lot we're, we're, like, we're, to be able to bang that out that's like a good like 18 months of building it into your training program to have the strength to do it at the end of a championship so you've not right, well, without big thought you won't see me doing that <laughs> we'll, we'll bow to your superior knowledge so. no it's just i'm just imagining john being like oh no oh it'd be a nightmare no, <laughs> no too much one final question then amy which i think will lead us on really nicely to talk about fast girls is since you've burst onto the scene no doubt you've been approached by british athletics about senior relays um, how have those conversations gone and is it something that you're looking to, even whilst you're transitioning from junior to senior, incorporate into your competition calendar? Surely that's a, that's, surely that's a conversation that happens on the stairs after she finishes race, <laughs> isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Or you can just dip in, you can have a tantrum and dip in and out whenever you like. Yeah. Or you can just switch the relay and practice the night before, yeah. 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 <laughs> um, <laughs> so, um, yeah, it did come up a bit last year, but because I was focusing on juniors and then and then I was actually meant to do the match but um and I was meant to do the diamond league at Birmingham but what happened is I ended up with like a 30 centimeter quad tear so that was like a big no-no um and we decided that right like in that season I needed to focus on juniors because that was my first year in juniors and you know like I had two I thought I had this whole (laughs) year but I had two more years to kind of transition between that junior and senior so I didn't need to rush it and do it too early um but it is definitely something that me and my coach have been looking towards for next year um because I'm already on the futures relay program um which is insanely good and they've done such an amazing job with it um in terms of providing that pathway into <coughs> into the senior team and you've we've seen people transition people like Crystal have gone up and it just it's really nice to know that you're learning and developing those skills and then they're actually going to come in useful and you can quite easily slot into the senior team um so it's definitely something that's on the horizon for me and definitely something that me and my coach are looking at how exciting well now is the point to talk about fast girls tagline one dream one team one chance um, and about eight million plot holes and the IMDb description a street smart runner develops an intense rivalry with an equally ambitious wealthy young athlete I mean, that doesn't even scratch the surface. So I'm going to hand over to Bayo, who is our resident Fast Girls expert. Let's talk about the film. So I thought what I'd do is um, we'll just sort of start from the beginning and work our way through. You know, we can, we, can, um, we can talk about it as we go. You can point out, you know, how absolutely spot on it is as far as, um, as, far as your lived experiences, you know, as, as Fast Girls. Um, so it's a 2012 uh, British film. It stars um, Lenora Critchlow, who plays Shania. She's a working class newcomer to the team and she's got a rival competitor played by Lily James, her name's Lisa, and she's sort of the wealthy white girl whose father has some sort of not properly explained um, <laughs> hold over the entire athletics fraternity. Well, he has a gold um, medal from somewhere that looks like a medal from sports day, but like it's a gold medal. Yeah. <laughs> 
Um, but it's got it's got other people in it. Noel Clark's in it, Phil Davis, Rupert Graves, and Lashana Lynch, who's going to be in the new Bond film. It was in I Captain... love her. Yeah. Sorry. Um, so I, she was in um, Captain Marvel last year as well. So um, you know, it's actually a quite a quite a decent cast going in. You know, it's, I think it's a it's a bit of a strange film because it's got this kind of bad rap, I think, in athletic circles. Um, but it's become something of kind of a cult classic. Um, me and Jodie did actually go to the um, to the premiere. I think we're I think it was Tasha Danvers who invited we're us. With Tasha, um, just, Donna, Jeanette, Joe. Tasha, Fenn. Donna, Jeanette, yeah, Joe, Joe Marshall there. I very clearly remember going into the um, into the theatre, sitting down in our seats, and on the theatre screen before the film started, they were showing the red carpet, so you could see people being interviewed on the red carpet. The film was ready to go, but Tasha Danvers, because at the time she, she was the Olympic um, bronze medalist in the, in the four hurdles, and all the um, press outside wanted to speak to her. So she was the last person in, and the film was about to start, but we could still see her on the screen, and the whole cinema was waiting for her to come in, and you could watch her getting closer and closer <laughs> to the door. And as she actually got in the, to the back door and walked in, the whole place kind of applauded. It was like, come on, <laughs> we're waiting Sit for down. you. <laughs> Sit down. We're, we're sitting to, Tasha does, love, to, watch does the film. love to talk, though. She did sell it to me on, on, on Instagram, yeah. Um, so it, it came out, and it was sort of a, a decent-sized hit. I think it, it rode that wave of um, Olympic goodwill, didn't yeah. it? Um, I think the problem with it for athletics fans is, if you're just a, a movie fan or a sports fan, you can sit and probably just enjoy it as a feel-good um, sort of sports movie. When you are really into athletics like us, it's very, very hard to watch and not just last before uh, it's kind of kind of ridiculousness I have to say having seen it all those years ago I enjoyed it a lot more this time round I quite liked it yeah I quite liked it because I already knew the stupid bits that were going to happen so what what are your actual relationships with it Dean had had you seen it before yeah I saw it ages ago and ironically I remember I was loads of my friends were in it mm, as extras course, yes. and I literally yeah because they were pulled in athletes I think I was too young to go in it and I was like oh and John wouldn't let me go but <laughs> John's always a party pooper but um yeah I mean I think I had the same thing with it with you like I think I was I've also had my judgment clouded of all the things that I heard from like filming and stuff by my friends and stuff how they were like running and then they'd have to do a shot again because they the like the athletes that the extras are too fast <laughs> so yeah and um but um yeah my initial reaction is I did enjoy it a bit more the second time round than the first time, but I understand why people would be frustrated by it. Like, don't get me wrong, it's really nice to have a movie about track yeah. and field, yeah. most importantly, and really nice to have a movie about British sprinting as well, especially at a time when it wasn't uh, as mainstream as it is now. So that's really nice. But um, yeah, <laughs> but like, it made everything look a lot more kind of, Amateur, yes. Than it is. Yeah, like the idea that you can like go home in the middle of a world championship or like you hop on a plane and then you'll race. Like, no. And and like what else? And like it's just the tantrums and the arguments. I'm like, if you're gonna have that kind of tantrum, like this is a job, you know, like you, you can't you won't be able to run. Like But Dina, you've only been on the relay team since twenty thirteen. I think that when that film was made, that was a little bit more realistic about what being on the reality was wait, like. Pause, pause. I didn't say that the topics were unrealistic. Because I was about to... I was literally... No, not, not with me. No, 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 no. Not with us. But I was thinking, this is such a bad portrayal of, like... I was thinking in my head, I was like, you know, I got on my feminist kind of thing. I was like, this is such a bad portrayal of, like, womanhood and women teams. And I was thinking, is this like this? And then I was like, well, the British team isn't. No. Not while I'm here. But um, then I was thinking about my general stories of track and field, like from what I know, I was like, 
I'm just going to keep my mouth shut. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to be like, you know what? There is some, there is a, there is little bits of truth plucked from various bits in those things. So yeah. <laughs> I wrote on Instagram that I didn't think it, it was a film. I didn't think it was a movie. I thought it was a documentary about the w- real women's relay team. And Abby Yepatan said, "I wouldn't know. I never went to relay training." So. <laughs> <laughs> Back in the day, I don't think it was as um, professional as it is now. And obviously, since the film, it's been an inspiration to all of you. And you've got a medal at every championship since. So it's done some good. Oh. <laughs> well, that's actually what I was going to say, because it, it's we had had a 30-year drought, you know, of, of getting models in major championships. You've got the odd bronze at a Commonwealth or, or etc. But um, on the whole, we hadn't um, medaled in a major championship since the 1984 Olympics. Um, and then, of course, the year after Fast Girls come out, as you would know, Dina, we got our first medal at the World Championships since all that time. And as Jodie says, yeah. we, we've got one ever since then. Um, did it? I know this makes it a silly question, but like, is that coincidental? <laughs> I mean, they have nothing to do with each other. So this is n- no, no. Aww. But ironically, the reason why we got a medal in 2013 is because the, probably the team experience was not like Fast Girls. Mm-hmm. Like I remember right. Annika, like Annika and Ashley, we're all still really good friends with Annabelle and everybody. Mm. We're all still really good friends. Ashley's one of my closest friends. Annika and I chat like all the time. She, her and my mum get on like a house on fire as well. So like it definitely wasn't like that. Like they looked, I came into the team and they looked after me as if I was like their child. And that was with the whole relay squad and it was like people across disciplines as well and the coaches so from a newcomer coming in I did not have the same experience as the main character in Fast Girls but then again I was not like the main character (laughs) because if you were a bit more like her then there might actually be some issues because again it's professionalism and whatnot but um (laughs) yeah yeah unfortunately not current not not no so wait dina <laughs> as a sprinter you don't jog to training every day in shoes that aren't athletic shoes in a full tracksuit with a drawstring bag and you don't when you turn up to relay camps get handed a pair of spikes that someone has in your size i know you have, I, no unfortunately but not, you have trained no. in underground car parks the night before olympic games yeah i've warmed up in a car park <laughs> oh, oh, no, i knew it was a documentary yeah. <laughs> no no documentary. but like no, I've warmed up in I warmed up in various places. So that one with the underground car park bit. No, the night before a race, practicing your changes. No, obviously not. But um, I won't bash car parks. But mainly, it's mainly like street meets and weird kind of location meets. Amy, had, had you had you seen the film before? Yeah, so I watched it when I was um, probably quite young. Like, how Bob, was you're still quite young now, so yes, you definitely <laughs> did. That was yeah. <laughs> I was probably like ten or eleven, like when I first saw it. Um, so I kind of. To me, it was a bit more like, oh, here's the good character, here's the bad character. And I still found it annoying because I was still quite... I was, like, such an avid sports fan, especially around 2012. Like, I was really obsessed with the Olympics. Um, so then watching it back, it's a bit more kind of quaint with the age. Kind of with, with that distance from when the film was made, it becomes a bit more like, oh, it's actually it's actually quite nice in what it's trying to achieve. Yeah. Never, even though it's not necessarily accurate, at least it's trying to show, like a group of young like female British sprinters kind of succeeding and it's London 2012 hype and it's all nice but then watching it back I was like they're both equally as well like everyone everyone in that film is bad like yeah we like Belle we like Lashana Lynch (laughs) yeah I see myself as Lashana Lynch she's hilarious that's me in the relays well I mean with bits and pieces but I get what you mean yeah sex mad is that what you're saying Dina 
Yeah, no, no, no. That's the bit that I was like, wait. No. I like the makeup and the bit where she just sits back like, ooh. When she says, look good, run Not fast. Not other bit. Yeah, and yeah, you've said that see? to me verbatim before. Yeah, it's like true. that's me. And like the whole idea that I'm just in the wrong place at the wrong time, like, ooh, I saw that. <laughs> that's me. That is definitely me. Even leaving aside all the athletics errors and the technical errors, and it blew my mind when I read the credits and I saw that they had about six people on as athletics advisories to help keep the film accurate, apparently. There's also <laughs> the entirely outrageous um, love story in it, whereby she and the coach have chemistry within about 12 seconds of meeting one another. Um, and based on absolutely nothing, become completely obsessed with one another. Is, is that an insight into British athletics? No, 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 um, no, no. That's, that's another thing that, again, on my feminist box, I was like, it's not every day that somebody goes to work and falls in love, you know? Like, come on. Mm. Like, some people do, do just go to work and go to work. He's a very weird love interest because he looks like a member of five. You know, from like 1998, doesn't it? Even in 2012, he looked really, really old-fashioned. Um, See, I recognised him from Merlin. Uh, like, I don't. Yeah, that's what. That's all yeah. I could keep thinking about every time I saw him on the screen as well. And I was like, oh my god, it's just Arthur. Like, <laughs> I just couldn't get that out of my head. <laughs> so the film starts with um, our our hero um, Shania going to what turns out to be the, the British trials. Um, she seems to. Um, she but seems it's to not, It's on... just like a beating sorry. They keep going. She ran in sorry. Like it's like. What it was. It's like a little, it's like a wide, yeah. I didn't even know what track she, she that was. She turns up at the trials and no one seems to know who she is. She runs 22.6 and wins. Um, my favourite bit of the trials, in fact, my favourite bit in the entire film, is the absurd idea that they have a VIP area at yeah, with, the local track where local dignitaries, <laughs> local dignitaries are, are sipping champagne. <laughs> um, so she wins, wins the trials, which gets the backup of her, her rival, who is... And I'd have to say, it's, and they've got a good question here about this, um, the trope that the, the sort of bad girl is the blonde, pretty white girl with money, whereas the, the black girl comes from the hood, you know, that does kind of get my, get my goat. There was an interesting it, yeah. question here, one minute, let me find it, um, about that. And I thought um, it's interesting because although the film is kind of silly, it does actually bring up some quite sort of kind of serious quite serious things from um, Grace Dunn on, on Instagram she says what are your thoughts regarding the class racial boundaries in the film do you think they represent athletes in the UK and what can we do to challenge these Is, does that ring true at all to anybody I'd say athletics isn't a rich sport anyway so you don't tend to get many that. like massively upper class people it sounds really horrible, but like, no, it's, but it's, it's not, not like a rich sport, so it doesn't, yeah. Racing, is it? Yeah. Or Lawrence, no, we had Lawrence. <laughs> oh, yeah. But it doesn't, there's not yeah. like, there's not like a load of kind of snobby people. I think everyone yeah. does, who does athletics isn't like, you can't be snobby because when you start off in athletics, you go into these YDLs in the middle of nowhere and these kind of like county competitions where there's nobody there and all your training's like late at night. So it kind of, no, I don't think anyone's that level of snobby. I actually thought the same because I was thinking it's not a sport that in- requires a lot of money. You know, you can rock up as a kid to your local track with a pair of trainers and run. Um, the idea that this girl who's world class, she's on 22.6, can't afford a pair of spikes just doesn't make any sense. <laughs> and, and other than that, there was no real, um, apart from having an encouraging dad who had won some obscure gold medal, um, there was no real advantage that this girl had over the other one, was there? Um, did anyone understand what the dad's role was? <laughs> no. Other than, was like, my <laughs> but other than having a big house, what was his involvement in athletics and why did he get to dictate the relay team? 
I just assumed that he was like a past Olympic gold medalist. Yeah, and something uh, like because that, of it? that, he was like best friends with the people in charge. But it was the biggest plot hole. So. <laughs> not like surely not the biggest. Just, just thinking a little bit what you were talking about about the class distinction and how it's not really relevant in athletics. I, I completely agree with that. But I think one thing that the film did bring up on a slightly serious note is the disparity in maybe support that people get. Because if you've got a very supportive 100%. family, which I know both I know both both Dina and Amy, you have, it does make all the difference. Because we all know specifically female sprinters, world junior champion female sprinters, who didn't have uh, didn't have home support and consequently didn't make it as as seniors. So I think that is something that is that it, it, the film did bring up. It's very very close to home. I'm so massively indebted to my parents, like just going to training it takes me like an hour to get there and I haven't passed my driving test yet so <laughs> for the past kind of four or five years it's been my parents or me driving with them for like an hour to Loughborough and I used to come to school from work to pick me up and make my meals and make sure that food is ready when I got back home and take me to competitions and my dad even flew out to Mannheim to watch they went to European Juniors to watch and I'm so so lucky to have had that support because I know many of my peers people who I was running against quite a while ago like English schools just haven't been able to athletics isn't a rich sport but they still like haven't been able to afford to get through athletics like if you get an injury the serious one you're very stuck if you can't get access to medical help scans doctors physios and things like that um so I think it's really hard because I think a lot of the time there's such a high density of juniors coming through and you can't support all of them and a lot of them kind of get left like a, a bit kicked to the curb because there's just so many people in the sport that it's really hard to support everyone. But I do massively kind of resonate with that in the sense that I'm so lucky to have the parents that I do and be supported by them. Yeah, I pretty much agree. And I know that it's not the same mm. for everyone. I definitely agree. Ironically, that's my next column, which I need to do when, <laughs> which I was doing before <laughs> I came on. Um, the support thing is massive because at the end of the day, you're only like you can have all the talent you want in the world like like but at the end of the day you have to have the tools to make it work for you and that whether that's emotional support whether that's also financial because we all laugh and joke and say that athletics isn't a rich sport but it's not a rich sport to get started in but to be successful you need a lot of money going into you for you to be able to compete with the best in the world who have um hundreds of thousands of pounds going into their coaching medical support strength and conditioning so yeah it's not a rich sport to get started but if you want to Per, per person it definitely takes a lot of money to create a good athlete well luckily as you two will know if you do run 22.6 at the british championships you immediately get invited to the national sports center <laughs> which is has a canteen which feeds you and you have physios and things on tap so that's the key to getting the support is to run the 22.6 at the um at the british trials and making that third spot for the world i have to say the trial seems to take place in february <laughs> Yeah. And then they go to an indoor championships, yeah, yeah as prep for the outdoor, <laughs> and then they run a four by two at Lee Valley. I was like, but, is this a four by four? At first, I was like, are they going to have sprint hurdlers running a four by four? Like, are you crazy? Like that? That would never happen. I could actually imagine Tiff being told she was running like an indoor four by four. Could you imagine? She'd be like, are you mad? <laughs> What what's great is she she goes to the um, national champ- the national um, sports facility. She gets introduced to her other relay teammates. Two of there's two hurdlers and a long jumper, and an injured hundred. No, but first player. of all, wait. First of all, they say who's that? <laughs> no one knows each other. Yeah. Nobody's ever met each other or heard of each other. They who's don't that? know who the coaches are. No. They don't know who each other. Their competitors are. It's very strange. 
Also, she doesn't know who the coaches are because she has had to apparently, upon entering the National Sports Centre, leave her coach, <laughs> who has coached her. I found her this so weird. Life. He said to her, like, I've taken you this far, I'm not going to carry on <laughs> coaching you. And I was thinking, I was thinking, she's like, just what kind of coach is that? Just abandon her. Why are you doing that? But also, the World Championships is in London. He didn't have to fly to Sydney. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I was thinking, you, you just have to carry on with what you've been doing. Why have you left her? And left her with no coach, so she has to go and share the like national coach and out sprinting someone else in training. I was like, Wait, why? that would yeah. Well, and immediately when she does get joined, uh, does join the team. Um, Lisa, who's the posh girl who got who's got the anchor leg, she takes they take a disliking to each other. Um, they get into sort of argy bargy on the on the training track. They can't pass the baton because um, they've in, literally introduced <laughs> someone to the relay team who has never done a relay before. She Which literally says, happen. "I've never done a relay before." And then um, wait, no, sorry. And then they put yeah. her on the third leg, the most technically <laughs> difficult leg. I was watching that. I was like, "Why would you give the new girl two changes and uh, what is it, a three point on the wrong side of the track where you have to stick?" Like the, the angles of the third change, I hate it with a passion. It's the most difficult change, and you're giving the new girl the most difficult leg with two changes. I was. Like piss off in the nicest way. I was like, that will exactly, never happen. Yeah. Just stick that girl on first and hope for the best. Like that's what needs to happen. It's not always like the fastest no, person. You say like, like, yeah, as, yeah. Especially if no. you put your cars right. Like it's not always the fastest person. They made it up to be like, wow, we really like. I don't know. There's a lot of things. And they just switched a leg without trying, without practicing the incoming runner. And they were calling it solo. And like when it's an individual, mm. like, do you notice the terminology where they were like, oh no, I'm a solo runner. I'm like, it's not solo. Like I've never heard that term used before in track in my entire life. And the fact that the US relay team are the only ones who are good enough to do a <laughs> downward handover. Which is like fabled way of passing the baton. Like, that's a sports day pass in, like, year seven. That's not, like, everyone across the country can do that. And they're watching this spy cam footage of American yeah. training. I'm like, you're spying on them. You just do your own thing. But it adds a metre for every pass, apparently. Tell that to East Germany, who always... a metre. So a metre. can still do it. A metre. Do we... What yeah, do we do? Yeah, really that adds a metre. Well. No, France do an up... France do an up sweep. Um, and then you can do a push yeah. one as well. What do we, we do, do push. now, do? We do push. push. Um, I don't know many people that do a down. France do an up sweep. They're the only people really that do an up sweep. Well, if if none of that rings true, what definitely <laughs> rings true is the next night they get invited to a uh, fundraising gala at the. Um, and they have to that? like pitch for their pitch for for money from random rich sponsors. I'm like, honey, no, that's like a murky world of yeah, weird kind of. I was like, what is this? Yeah. I, I literally wrote in my notes, how exactly is this sport funded? I <laughs> because like. So basically, they've got the girls all tarted up to go to a fundraising event with pervy businessmen, and it's the only way they can possibly make money to go forward in the sport, we're told. Um, yeah. And this is also, like, when my, like, inner feminist was coming out, because I was like, they're all putting, like, makeup on to appeal to the, these, like, old, rich, white men. And then she's tottering home, bless her, because she's been plied with champagne all evening. And she's and been she in high invitation. Heels. She's been in, like, seven yeah, in high heels the night before a race. You would be finished. You would be finished. <laughs> well, so you might be finished, but then what's really going to finish you off is the fact that your mate from a balcony invites you to a house party and you think, yeah. oh, it's, it's only like Europeans tomorrow. I'll go. And you stay yeah. at the house party. No, and then you fly into a championship that on the day. But it's, on only, the day. it's only in Lee Valley, so it's not that far for her <laughs> to <fair>. actually go. <laughs> 
the morning <laughs> in Barcelona. What's so bizarre when you're, you know, as I say, they obviously didn't have a huge budget. We understand that for the film. We don't sort of begrudge that. But it's just little things like this that do kind of make it all kind of a bit idiotic. That lunch, not lunch, the dinner, the, the event didn't have to be the day before they went to the, to the, um, to the airport. You know, that could have... Yeah. Yeah, but you could have had a, you could have brought something yeah. else in there. It's just it just seems all so unlikely. It, because no. it makes well, it did because she had to have a hangover. <laughs> but there was obviously an indoor meeting in the middle of the summer season in Barcelona. Yes. Because it because to, to film an outdoor stadium, they would have needed loads more extras. It would have cost more for the for the track. So we that's the reason. A lot of these were budgetary reasons that it was much cheaper and more logistically. Uh, able to do an indoor meeting even if it was in the middle of july but i was thinking like this was on the run-up to 2012 and so many athletes would have been using lee valley like surely that would have been such an inconvenience yeah it was so a nightmare many people. yeah it was a nightmare hi i'm kathy freeman and you're listening to the backstreet boys no <laughs> <laughs> yeah. i just want to say you do you do realize that this is an award-winning film that it, it won the award for best photography <laughs> at the Pyongyang International <laughs> Film Festival. Wow. Congratulations. <laughs> Congrats. But what's, what's fantastic is, I think on Rotten Tomatoes, it's got an 83% fresh rating. The thing is, I, th- I can understand why, because basically, people that don't understand track and field, I, that, the only reason yes. that it frustrates me a bit is because people that, those people that watch it don't understand it. They'll appreciate the tensions, they'll appreciate the sporting rivalries, they'll appreciate the drama, the this, the that. Like, I, the plot itself, mm. plot holds, but like, it's a cute story and it's a nice, feel good, come together. Yeah. So yeah. I understand why people might watch it and it's like yeah. a different kind of female empowerment theme. So... I get it. I get why it would have got 83, but the 15% yeah. would have been people that watch track and field would be like, are you mad? Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But um, I get it. Mark Commode gave it like a glowing, glowing review. He called it a small British gem. And he said that as he walked out of the cinema across Leicester Square, he had a spring in his step. Um, <laughs> now, I walked across, the, across Leicester Square after the film, but I didn't have a, a spring in my step. But I think that's the difference. It's not, it's not, it's not aimed at us, is it? It's not, it's not aimed at, at no. us. So um, it's understandable that people who don't follow the sport wouldn't be picking up on all these kind of mistakes that we, we are. And in the context of like London 2012... Everyone was so excited about the Olympics no. and it was exactly. gearing up towards that even though they weren't allowed to use any Olympics things in. So they just made up this whole new competition, which is really weird. <laughs> um, but yeah, I kind of get the context around the film and like, as you say, like the stereotypes are just things that people are used to seeing. Like it's so, it's so cliched that it almost becomes good because it's yeah. exactly what you're expecting. So it's almost comforting in that way to watch it because exactly what you expect to happen does happen and it's just like a classic underdog story so it's nice to watch in that sense it's like Grease 2 or Angus Thongs and Perfect Snogging <laughs> or Mean Girls 2 or Mamma Mia Here We Go Again it's literally absolutely terrible in all the really important esoteric snobby ways but do you finish it and yes. wish that it hadn't finished and then talk about it for days afterwards yes it depends what you want from a film yeah that's what I mean because I, because the thing is, I, I, we, with my critical track and field head on, I was like slightly offended that this is how the relay teams are portrayed. Slightly offended, this is how athletics is portrayed. But if I took that away, I'd be like, you know what? It's women working hard at sport. Which I know it sounds crazy, but twenty twelve was still a different era on the women's sport front as well. And um, yeah, that's why I'm like, yeah, I'm, I'm okay with it. But I'd love it 
if they wanted to make a higher budget, more modern, more accurate version, if they wanted to try and make a Rocket E, I'm here for it. But I'm here for it. <laughs> Funny you should ask that because I have a very specific question here for you. In fact, a few people asked the same question. Um, if a movie was to be made about the current GB Sprinters, who would you want to play you two? I'm not that creative, so I'd either pick like Lupita, <laughs> or obviously, <laughs> obviously, or oh. uh, Janelle <laughs> for the same obvious reason. Or I'd take Lashana. I'd actually take yes. Lashana Lynch because her running tech was the best out of the four as well. Oh, three, sorry, yeah, no, the best out of the four as well. So I'd take. I'd be really happy with that, and I think she's cool, and she was very funny in that movie. And I feel like I want her. If she's being me, I'd want her to be the character she was anyway she can be me with the makeup and the uh, and the raised eyebrows and the constantly like peeking around the corner of the drama like oh no i shouldn't have seen that i love that so she could play me yeah amy who's who's playing you so i don't know so i was thinking like um so emma mackie out of (gasps) sex education um yeah because she's like english obsessed she's like she plays such a cool character and she's just an up-and-coming British actress, so I thought that would be a cool one. So, Lupita Nyong'o and Emma Mackey are playing you two, <laughs> yeah. is that right? Yeah. Lupita can do cool. a really they're, good British accent. They're, they're, they're really good choices. Um, so, back at the, at the Champs in Barcelona, they run the relay, they cock it up, they get into, like... What I love about this relay is there's no sense of lanes. <laughs> no. There's, like... Yeah. <laughs> and they have enough time to, like, turn around and give, like, a really... <laughs> disapproving look just like oh my god you just mess it up for me they're constantly turning around looking at each other aren't they but there's you know you break and then you would like usually stay in the in the um on the inside but they're jumping about all over the place um so it all goes horribly wrong and if i'm correct she then storms out the relay team she says i'm not going to be in the relay team anymore i'm going to concentrate on myself um if in the relay team obviously i think nowadays it's kind of got a lot smoother but it seems a lot smoother you all seem to get on I thought it was great at the world champs um, in Doha when Imani actually dropped out you know just before the race because she said I don't feel right about it and I think that's that just shows the the level that we've got to in, in a really team at the moment um, but is it important because I think this is this is what happens in the film it's like because they're not getting on they're not getting on off the track so they don't get on on the track is that true does that actually um, work in real life that you really need to sort of have that team spirit yeah. to make it work yeah 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 definitely it's like um if you're running um on your own if you're not happy within yourself or if you're stressed about something off track it will come out in your running it's just one of those things like when the pressure's on and everything's magnified um everything becomes very transparent and you can see holistically in an athlete if they're feeling insecure if they're not happy with themselves various things because that will be expressed on track and um same thing with the relay team i mean you can probably paper over stuff and like particularly looking at other nations who we we know behind the scenes might have some drama they still manage to get it done and stuff but um maybe they could do better if yeah maybe it could be improved maybe that's not as fast as they can go you know what i mean like it definitely expresses itself doesn't always end in calamity but um it definitely helps to all get along and have a certain level of respect for each other yeah, I know from the junior side that even in our like futures relay, we'll have psychology sessions every time we meet up, which is really good because, and we've had talks from former athletes like CJ's talked to us, Danny's talked to us about the importance of like cohesiveness and trusting each other, and through those sessions, you kind of build up that that sense of trust and that sense of work. You kind of inevitably have to work together and you have to get on. So I think that's a really good thing that they've introduced to kind of help with what I think they were seeing prior to 2012 and the relay squads. 
the World Championships is upon us. They decide to have a night out the night before the World Championships, as you do. I mean, this is so unlikely. You know, it's like even even if you're not into the sport, you must know that like elite sports people don't go out on the Raz. You know, the night before, um, twice in a row now, the night before the big meeting. Um, I know. But um, they they bond. They bond back again because they get into trouble with some boys, don't they? So they they, they bond back at the World Championships. She's at this point back with her old coach, who gives her that pep talk, and she goes to the. Um, goes to the um what do you call it the training village the athletes village so she, she moves into the athletes village um it seems that the only people that we have at the olympics or the world championships is female sprinters because there's no <laughs> mention of any no other indication that any any other there's no even the tv person when the, when the tv um guy comes on and says um and we talk to some of the um up-and-coming competitors he literally talks to um one sprint coach. It's not, it's, again, it's not really. Um, we're not really told what she's done, are we? The the the, the queen sprinter, who's um, she's won every medal at the world championships, essentially. Um, well, sensationally, they both make it through to the um, two hundred meter final, which happens to be on the first day. It seems. Um, <laughs> so they both make it through to the hundred to two hundred meter final, but neither run very well. I think they come fourth and fifth. Um, but to be fair, they did run well because she went twenty two eighteen. Yeah, yeah, that's good. <laughs> I saw that and they were so disappointed. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, You'd okay. literally be like, especially as someone going into it unknown. My thing was that when they ran a 41 1 in the relay, I saw that time. Yeah. I was like, 41 1? 41 1? That's like getting into the world record, is it not? And with those changes and those. I was like, never. <laughs> never, ever. <laughs> I have to say, the one thing I did think is whoever was doing like, the, the training, um, all of them kind of didn't look bad runners. Often when you Jeez see them face. running in things, you kind of like, what? No, no, I know, but like they, they, all, they all looked like they'd vaguely done some kind of sprint training as opposed to... But I think Jeanette worked with them, didn't she? Jeanette worked with them a lot about sprinting. Yeah. She was on the Athletics Advisor's credits at the end. Also. Did she? But on the first day of filming, the mm. main character broke her ankle or got a stress oh. fracture or something. It's like yeah. all of the shots were like body doubles. Oh. Yeah, oh my God, I knew that because my friend was her body double. <laughs> yeah. I know that. I actually know that. I That brought it back, yeah. <laughs> they were all complaining in interviews about the training they had to do. No, but what she did <laughs> is that she did this... And then her legs weren't moving. So that's why it looks weird. I remember now. That's why it looks weird. Because she was literally just standing there like this. And then somebody would do her leg. Yeah. She's doing arm actions and someone else is actually doing the No, the that makes actions. total sense. But just to name check, because there was a lot of athletes in there. We saw, we saw Ashley. Yeah. We saw Shani Anderson. We Annie, saw Jeanette, Bianca. We saw Bianca. Um, we also saw... Jazz yeah. is in it. Adele's in it. Yeah. So there was a lot of um, athletes. And obviously then they probably weren't... Well, some of them were names, but like some of them were just teenagers up and coming. So, yeah. Chris Brown Sports says, um, "Were you? How did you feel about Bianca representing Jamaica in the film?" <laughs> me? Who me? Yeah, what, what a traitor, eh? And oh. Ashley, Ashley was Ashley was competing for Nigeria. <laughs> oh yeah, and then my friend—I remember my training partner Grace was Sweden. Annie Tago, I think, was America, and like it was so it was so up and down. But yeah, they just basically just sorted them where they thought they looked like they could fit, like. <laughs> in the nicest way <laughs> no, yeah it worked <laughs> in the 100 metre the only other competitor we're properly introduced to, um, to is the 100 metre sprint queen and the only medal she's never won is a world championship gold um, she makes it through to the final but pulls up injured <laughs> and that yeah, means that. we don't have her for the relay oh no what can happen what's going to happen <laughs> what's possibly going to happen so the <laughs> so so girl that's never done a competitive relay or never done rarely practice going to um, drop in again 
she gives um she's been now being taken off the relay by the um by the um the dad who's the the dad of the um the competitor um but the the sprint queen who's now injured has, has had a talking to um, her and said you've got to join the relay team again um so she says okay but she's not allowed and then she's allowed or something i didn't quite follow what was going on there um so we come to the big day of the final and guess what happens they have a fight. <laughs> oh no! Sorry. Oh no! Sorry. Oh my I'm god! No, you're absolutely no. right. You're they absolutely right. How can I be the single they most important moment the of the entire film? They have a fight. So after the heat's the relay, they don't get through because they make a bit of a botch job. Um, the French team get disqualified, um, and they have a no, sorry. They have, they have a fight because um, because they don't make. But it there's a subtext to the, to the fight, isn't it? It's um, also because after the 200 final. Um, Lily James's character is comforted by the uh, physio who is in love oh, with um, the main character and she sees them so there's also that, that kind of uh, subtext going on and that's also why they have the fight there's a bit of sexual tension as well he's problematic she just needs to leave him alone she doesn't need she doesn't <laughs> need a totally man he would <laughs> definitely yeah. have lost his job just get like, on with your own job definitely sorry he was um, definitely so also if there was any even sniff he would he no. seemed very bad at his job because all he seemed to do is like just touch her ass everybody's injured <laughs> yeah and everybody's injured he touches her face and everybody's injured and he's one physio for like the most elite and your gold medal winning team and they're all injured and he's, like they would literally be the biggest debrief like what happened and he is that walking stereotype of the man who tells you how quick he was before he bust his knee Yes, he's like, I had the tendonitis. <laughs> <laughs> but he could only have been like, a physio right. for four years tops because he was going to go to the, he was a reserve for the 2008 Olympics. And then he just took up physiotherapy yeah. in four years and became world class. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, moving on. Just to ask, if two members of a relay squad had had an actual fight on the track at the World <laughs> Championships... <laughs> What is the likelihood they would still be in the team, Dina? Why did you say my name? Why can't you ask Amy? Well, I was asking because it, it feels like to me if someone's going to have a fight in the middle of the World Championship thing, it's probably It's not me. Be, it's you because you're peeping around corners looking for stuff you shouldn't be looking for. You said it yourself. No, no, I'm looking at the thing. I will be looking at the fight. And I'll be like, oh no, guess what I just saw? Run back to Ashley. Oh no, that's me. <laughs> Have either of you ever witnessed anything like that on, on an athletics no. track? Never. We were very polite, clap, clap, clap yeah. sport. Like, we were very verging. Our, our, our culture verges, particularly in the UK, verges on wimbledon like clap 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 yeah. clap clap polite we are not doing that like that is not our culture even if you're really annoyed you still show us respect <laughs> take two <laughs> okay take two hi i'm kathy freeman and you're listening to the backstraight boys Yay! <laughs> before it's sorted out they go and do some quick um practice in an underground car park the night before um as you do now, that, that always made me laugh so much, but Dina, you say it's not entirely implausible, or is it entirely implausible? No, I mean, no, it is. No, for World Championships, it definitely is. No, but I was kind of being generous and I was being really nice because like, ultimately where I stand on this film is that I, I actually don't want to diss it because I'm really happy that it's produced and it's kind of like one of those ones that makes yeah. me smile. And even though there's big flaws in it, I'm still like track and field and women in track and field getting love. So overall, I'm trying to be polite. But um, 
Yeah, obviously we would not be practicing the night before a world championships. Like final, you'd be sleeping because you are already fatigued from the two hundred. You're mentally drained from the love, Tristan, and, and, and other things. That and you are um, tired and looking to perform well the next day. So no, you are not even awake at night before the night before a world championships. But you will not be practicing in a car park either. But I've raced in some weird places. So I've done Stockholm indoor. Like there was a fun sixty in a supermarket, and we warmed up in the aisles. Like it was. <laughs> That's what I'm trying to say. And like City Games, we warm up in like City Games in where did we warm up? In Newcastle, we warmed up on a track on the on a car park, but we definitely might have had to do stuff and stuff on concrete. But that's because you're in the middle of the street. That's what I'm trying to say. Like when we go to different locations, warm up areas do take odd forms. So that's why I'm like not bashing it, but obviously not not at a World Championships. And she can't run out of the world championships either. Sorry, she remember when she got annoyed with something and she just picked up her back and sprinted out of Crystal Palace. I was like, do you know how many members of staff would be chasing after you? Your manager or your coach thinking, you can't just run, you've got drug testing love. Like, what are you doing? Christian Coleman does it all the time and he's a world record holder. Also, in the, under, the small underground car park where they can never get up to full speed, they just put a bit of sellotape on the floor. There's no tape measure. There's no... I don't know what they're running. They're literally I, just running. And they're <laughs> running over the speed bumps. Oh. <laughs> I didn't even see but, um, the speed bumps. I think, I'd, I think my, 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 my tolerance level had, had gone to my... I was on Instagram at that point. I didn't see the speed bumps. <laughs> they keep dropping the baton and what they work out, it's because they need to change places and and um, That's right. um they decide to swap in a in a like a moment of friendship and obviously as soon as they swap it becomes perfect seamless handover did you notice that they're doing the down sweep yes that seamless. was the key wasn't it <laughs> in the, in the, yeah. because the girl who's because the girl who's never heard of a relay before knows better than the relay coach doesn't she yeah. if only, if only they listened yeah. to her in the first place they didn't make it work because they weren't running the right angles of the bend love they were jog jogging over speed bumps in a straight line the track is yeah. curved like you, your, your check marks won't make sense if you're not running around a curve will it like, like, sorry, it's, it's not made for a straight line. <laughs> there were some like semi good bits of relay advice like hidden throughout the film, like when they're Is saying they like, you know, she's coming up really fast behind you, so you've got to go. You can't just jog off because she kept doing that at the start of relay practice. And I was like, to be fair, I feel like that's yeah, accurate because I've seen a lot of people theory. do that where they see someone coming in and then they just kind of jog off the line and it's like no you need to really hit it and get speed as quickly as possible and then just again like trusting people so there were like yeah. some bits where I thought you know what they've definitely spoken to someone yeah. in athletics about this because you wouldn't just know I agree that from watching it and there was a little bit where they were talking about when she first went to the relay camp like when she first did well at trials or whatever and then um there was something of a joke about you know, the relay versus, like, individual, and they were like, oh, yeah, if you want to play a team sport, go to football. Like, obviously, that's not a quote that, like, anybody uses, but um, they've definitely obviously spoken to somebody in track and field about that as well. (laughs) (laughs) So, Bayer, what happens in the final? Oh, we win. (laughs) Beating the world record holders in a race full of Olympic and world champions. Yay! (laughs) We did it. We're, We're winners! Which, of course, we didn't, we didn't see coming at all. And yeah, it was, it was it, so unexpected. Yeah, but it was really poignant. And at the end, she, she sort of ignores her dad and hugs her mum, doesn't she? Because her dad's been, like, way too hard on all this, all this time. And, of course, our, our heroine gets off with the vaguely hot... Um, in the middle of the stadium. In the stadium. Yeah. Ah! He's going to lose his job, I mean, immediately. Like, and, and then... But then, you see, remember the girl that was after mm. was like... Ooh. 
like Lashona Lynch, <laughs> immediately. See, that's my face. That's why I said it should be me. Because if that happened, I'd be like, ooh. Uh, can like, I just? I just want to say the World Championships was in London in Crystal Palace. Everyone, like the coach, the parents, everyone lives in London. They probably live three miles away. But I know she didn't have a supportive family, but her aunt's out shopping when the final's on. <laughs> and her coach is in his shop where the aunt's shopping, shop. watching it on TV. Like they could, well, they couldn't get a ticket. <laughs> I, I also loved how like she had nowhere else to live apart from her coach's shed. <laughs> oh, the bit that made me laugh like the most wow. was after I can't remember if it was like after the final, the two hundred final, where the dad was like came down the steps and was like, "Don't show weakness." Show weakness. And I was like, "Oh my god, what on earth is that about?" I imagine if someone from your support team just came down and shouted that at you when you were like on the verge of tears. Oh my god. So overall, is it a, is it a yay or a nay? Are we doing a thumbs up or a thumbs down? Oh no, it definitely gets a thumbs, thumbs up. It's a thumbs up. Two thumbs up from, yeah. from everybody. Yeah. 100%. <laughs> we can talk about it because we actually like it, like overall. Yeah. 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 I had a question here from So Far So Bad. Um, it says, which preposterous implausibility do you find the most irritating stroke amusing? Um, slash I love it. So what's, what's, what's your favourite bit, Claire? What's your... Um, oh, this is so difficult. It's got to be, honestly, like, where do you even begin? It's such a good point that Amy has made. I'm gonna, I might be stealing yours here, but it's the fact that not only were they practicing the night before World Championships in an underground car park, but it was an underground car park in which they couldn't find a space big enough to practice that didn't have speed bumps. <laughs> I'm going with the speed bumps. My favourite bit, and the bit that just literally made me howl, was when they had a VVIP section at the British Trials <laughs> with, with local dignitaries drinking champagne. That just made me, made me laugh so much. <laughs> Um, not this isn't like a good bad bit, but my favourite bit is the her coach's dog is called Linford. Oh yeah, I love that. I love that. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. Do you know what's your favourite bit? I think for me it would have to be having a hangover, flying to a uh, World Indoor <laughs> Championships, uh, then being allowed to race, allowed to run an individual and a relay, and um, yeah, and then coming home and then just dropping onto your sofa like that evening like nothing happened. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Amy, which, which, bits, which bits rang true for you? Right, so the most, like, <laughs> one of the most annoying bits was the fact they went out before Barcelona and got absolutely hammered and then went to Lee Valley. That was, like, the funniest bit. But then also at the same time, the similar thing when they went out before the World Championships and then they were running away. That was, although it was, like, entirely, entirely the most inaccurate thing ever, it was also uplifting in the sense when they were running away yes. from the guys. So it was, like it was really hard because I was like torn yeah. between this. Oh my God, they'd never be out drinking and then running along the pavement with no shoes on, like in their, oh, in their bare feet. <laughs> but at the same time, it was very, it was very uplifting. I was like, oh my God, yes, I really want them to succeed <laughs> in a weird way. And the assholes from the bar are like, whoa, we picked, we hit on the wrong girls. These girls are really fast. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> running away from us. Yeah. I love that though. I know, yeah, you're right, Amy. I loved it. I remember watching it and thinking, "Yeah, we are fast." Ha ha ha. That's literally the thought process. I like that bit. I have to say. Overall, I think we can all say it's definitely a thumbs up. It's got its like good and um, bad points. It would be good if one day, you know, someone could make uh, an athlete's film along the same lines, but maybe just make it. It's, it's probably budgetary reasons, you know. But if okay. maybe they had a bit more budget, because I think there's definitely so many athletic stories to be told. But yeah, completely, completely. Yes, this is what I was thinking. There's so many things you could do it about. 
there's so many things like mm. I don't know why it's never been done well one day I'm sure they'll be making the, the Dina or Amy story so yeah <laughs> we'll certainly be working it out um, but just looking to the future I had one question that I really wanted to ask you because um, it came to me on um, Instagram and it's my question of the week and so this is for Isabel Kyson. Now, Isabel is a runner herself. She's 12 years old. I know Isabel. You are interested. Mm. Okay. Um, yeah. And she asked what I thought was the best question of anybody. And I thought you two be perfect to answer it. Um, she says, it's a question for Amy and Dina. I see that at my club, there are more girls in the younger ages than older. Have you seen girls leaving the sport in their teenage years? And if so, how can they be convinced to stay? Um, so on this ce- celebration, on this celebration of, of fast girls, I think it's really interesting to get that question from a twelve-year-old who's already noticed that. Um, so how do we keep girls in the sport, and why do you think it is that they leave? That's a big topic. That's literally what I spend half my life ranting and raving about behind closed doors. But um, on one level, I would actually argue, almost argue that. Um, Probably we see more young girls at the younger age group is because track and field is one of the biggest female sports in the UK. Lots of the young boys will be in football, they will be in rugby, they'll be in cricket. So we see an overrepresentation there because if you're a girl, you tend to want to dance, tennis, track. So that's that. So you can look at it from a different perspective as well and think that the drop off is natural, but they start saturated with girls. So that's that. But also you've got to think about wider. Oh, I don't want to get too much into it, but wider problems of femininity and how we. Uh, promote what it is to be a woman and that's something that I've been working on for years just in the public eye what it means to be a woman and getting sports and sports women and being sweaty being muscular being strong into that conversation because the drop-off with puberty is huge the whole idea about sports bras being comfortable in your own body being comfortable sweating being comfortable with how you're perceived and ultimately uh, sport tends to be the first thing to drop off when people get busy at school as well so it is a very big very deep question but um, I think it's getting better so hopefully for Isabel it's, it's a big question uh, something that we're all collectively working on I think especially me as sportswomen in the public eye but um, I'd also say that there are lots of girls in track and field because we're doing a lot of work to say track and field is a, a good sport for young women so that's also probably why because our work is working <laughs> So. I was going to say, just from what Dina's saying, is Dina, someone like you being a role model will definitely keep keep young girls in the sport because they'll look up to you and they'll want to be like you. And not that not that girls want to be or should want to be dolls, but the the fact that there was a Barbie made that looks like you, and oh, last thanks. week they brought out one that looked like Valerie Adams. Yes. That is that is the kind of thing to make girls strong women into role models is really important and if people can see themselves reflected in that and see that as something to a to as an achievement rather than like a girl who's looks who's valuey being something you don't want to be making yeah. that into someone you do want to be is really important so so that old trope do you remember matilda like miss trunchbull from matilda yeah. i always say when i'm in meetings getting away from that yes. trope of sports women and just bringing them to what we actually are basically yeah but yeah this is exactly what I was going to say, like having strong female role models, like the people who I used to look up to before going to sport, like, people like Jess Ennis. I had like a massive war, like massive poster of Jess Ennis in 20, 2012 and looking up to people like Alison Felix. I was still quite young when it was Glasgow Commonwealth Games. So seeing Jodie and Bianca doing really well there was really inspiring for me. So it's definitely about having these really strong female role models but also in, I kind of get what you're saying about like athletics at a young age is such an accessible sport which is why you see a lot of people in it because as we've been saying it's quite it's very easy to get into it's it's relatively low cost at the early stage of 
anyone's career you, you do it a lot in school it's something that you're fairly familiar with it's a comfortable environment but yeah as you get older you have to wear crop top and briefs and obviously some people aren't happy about that and I know when my mum was really younger and competing in discus they were like you need to go and put on 6k and she was like I'm not going to do that and then dropped out um because there's yeah there's this stigma around I don't want to get big I don't want to get muscly but it's definitely something that needs to be accepted mm. in the sense that this is an acceptable version of femininity you don't always have to be the slim honestly the slim one that we see in the film that's always perfect and, we got, and got makeup on and she looks amazing and she's yeah and she's there at the meet in this amazing dress and holding her glass of champagne um so yeah I think it's seeing the different types of women that are in the sport because athletics is such a huge sport there's such mm-hmm. an array of different different people different body types different women within the sport and it's making that a lot more public because we see a lot from certain areas of athletics but there's not as much publicity around things like field events so we don't get to see those people as much and I think that's probably why you have a dropout because it's like oh I don't want to look like that and then also people drop out because they want to prioritize education or something like that so that's not necessarily a bad thing it's about understanding they can go hand in hand yeah yeah it's just mm. recognizing from the work that you're doing around like I did my history degree and I did international athletics at the same time like like Laura Muir did as well like it's very showing people that it's possible to do but you have to be it's almost like you have to be the first person to do that so now you've shown other younger girls like me that I can go to university oh. and get a degree at the same time as being an international athlete thanks my advice with that is or be organized be yeah. organized and last year take the last whatever whenever your last year is try and just just wait till you're de-stressed to compete trust me just trust me miss that indoor yeah i mean okay maybe not <laughs> yeah. i can't tell you this, but trust me trust me people yeah, didn't yeah. listen i tell people everybody didn't listen same thing happens every time de-stress <laughs> but yeah i was so lucky yeah i was so lucky because um when I was kind of considering about unis and weighing up stuff, like I was really lucky to have a phone call with Adam Jamili, oh. and he was so so lovely. And he's, he mentioned you, Lois, um, mm, yeah. <laughs> but he was so lovely. And it was really really nice to have that advice about showing me that I could be a, a professional sports person and also at, attain like a high level at university as well and get my get my education, get my degree, and also be successful in both these two fields so yeah you definitely can yeah, that was that was just gotta be smart as i said smart decisions are the key yeah, smart. smart honestly it's just all decision making every single step of the way is i told i well, yeah i'm doing a column with amber alling so i had a chat long chat with her like the beginning of mm. lockdown so exactly the same thing smart decisions will always win sometimes you've got the most talented crazy talented people in the world they make awful decisions like it like it's just about being smart and thinking things through, treating it as is, as it is a business and treating your life like it's a business, ultimately. Hi, I'm Dalila Mohammed, and you're listening to the Backstreet Boys. I just got completely caught up in the conversation between the two of you. I feel like the three of us could hop off the school <laughs> and leave you to it and you would put the world of athletics and portrayals of women in sport to right and Amy, you would come away feeling entirely inspired and Dina, you'd know that the latest addition to that GB Relay Quartet is probably going to be pretty oh, hot nice. to trot when it comes yeah, to be good, not just being a fast girl but a smart girl and as you know a girl with smarts who makes good calls and who's ferociously mm. articulate amy yes. you've been a fantastic guest we've loved having you on but <laughs> thank you the grand and silly conclusion to this is that that film is absolutely absurd it's got more holes <laughs> in it than swiss cheese but that it did come at the start of a really 
thrilling time in British sprinting. We need to like get them to do another one. Yeah. Definitely. <laughs> maybe maybe after what's the next Olympics? Paris. Get them to do one. Think about one after Paris. Yeah. I think it was definitely a necessary film. It was like the sprint girls that were holding their own in like the noughties and the early teens. People like Jeanette and Laura, like yeah they were really getting gb out there like they were really out there trying their best and it was i think it was definitely a necessary film to have and they had them at the start i don't know if anyone noticed like when they were yeah. doing the credits at the start they had them and i was like oh that's so sweet yeah, yeah. it's a very feel-good film but it's not as feel-good as following the pair of you has been for the last few years we've got <laughs> oh, so no seriously watching your global title dina astonishing yeah. Amy seeing you burst onto the scene oh. and acquit yourself so well it's been an absolute pleasure and it's also been a pleasure having you on today thank you so much thank you thank you so much for having me it's been absolutely amazing and it's been such a lovely chat it's been so much fun if you have thoughts on Fast Girls and I feel it is a film about which it is impossible to be neutral which is the marmite of British cinema you can get in touch with me on Twitter at Claire underscore G Thomas boys I'm going to save you the kerfuffle you're at Backstraight B Dina and Amy where can people find you if they have any thoughts on today's episode Um, at Dina Asher Smith on Instagram I'm much more on Instagram right now than I am on Twitter because during coronavirus Twitter has been crazy so I'm mainly on Instagram (laughs) (laughs) Um, yeah probably on Instagram at um, a.nyhunt because there's too many people with my name so I can't have a full one (laughs) soon you'll get your name it's fine yeah (laughs) you've got a blue tick though haven't you yeah yeah that's that's a nice like that's nice all my friends like oh my god you've got a blue tick and I'm like yeah (laughs) it's really nice Apparently they're trying to give Jodie and Bayo one, but because they keep saying the handle wrong on the podcast, no one knows how to find them to give it to them. They're really not. Thank you very much for listening to this week's podcast. And finally, Bayo, thank you very much for organising it. Backstreet Film Club, I think, is off to a pretty good start. Mm-hmm.